Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 458, coming to you on July the 20th. Today we're going to do something a little different. Yep, just a little bit different. Before we get there, let me remind you, you can help me help you build the show and get more viewers, more listeners, more traction, right? Got to expand between my four listeners. Lord knows they've been plenty busy. Needless to say, you can like, share, and subscribe to this program. If you're feeling particularly motivated, you can rate and review this program as well. Go to your favorite podcatcher and do so, or go to YouTube. In addition, we are on the social media. That's right. I spend a little time on Facebook, uh, probably more than I should, but not enough for the show. Uh, I have my own page and a group. And while you're at it, I do drop in at MeWe on occasion as well as Gab. Hey, it's what we got to do to get the message out, to fight the good fight, and stay on top of these things. Okay, today's topic, post-constitutionalism. Now, I'm sure that you can go look that up and get a definition. And I'm sure that more than one definition might show up. Right? So I went to I went to opendemocracy.net. Let's see if they're going to give us a uh, what if your country begins to change and nobody notices? As the weaponry and technology of war came home, so did the new increasingly Guantanamoized definition of justice. This is the one thing that made the Brandley Manning case clear. Interesting. That's from 2013, mind you. (laughs) All the way back in 2013. Um, They just talk about a number of different things in here, but it's all about Bradley Manning. Okay, that's fine. Don't hate the guy. Uh, Even though he wants to pretend he's a girl, that's fine. Uh, Clearly got something going on there. The other thing I looked at is a number of other articles. I just glanced through them. They're really the... the, uh, one that was interesting is a post-constitutional America intercollegiate studies institute. Um, honestly, I only kind of glanced through it. It is on the modern age uh, deal as well, but that came out in February of 2022. And it talks about the idea that there's two constitutions, right? So I, I want to now kind of set the stage. I don't want to look at it strictly from a left or a right point of view here. Like, oh, it says Kessler's a member of the Claremont School. Oh, that's a that's a little bit of a red flag there if you follow Brian McClanahan. But nevertheless, the idea being that the Constitution is just not working. And whether or not it quit working or whether or not it's just been purposely ignored or whether or not it's been written over whole cloth or whether or not, quite frankly, the people just refuse to deal with it. Now, there, there is another article here about um, a post-constitutional republic. Uh, that's over at the Jewish Policy Center. And, of course, Mark Levine has weighed in on this. I have not listened or read either of those, which is not to say they're probably not good. Mark Levine is a pretty smart guy, just not my cup of tea as he is a uh, neocon. <laughs> he doesn't like that term probably, but... Yeah. But maybe maybe he's changed his tune. I don't know. I shouldn't I shouldn't dismiss the guy offhand. 
But like I said, I know he is a smart guy. <clears throat> the only guy on the radio that I don't listen to other than Sean Hannity. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm just going off on a tangent here, folks. Sorry, sorry. Uh, okay, so the idea of being post-constitutional America, that means there really are no rules. That means the federal government doesn't obey them. The states should not be bound by them then. That means that the federal entities that work under the auspices of the federal government routinely dismiss that and do whatever they want, much to our detriment. Again, so why are the states bound by it? It's good. It's a good and fair question, right? If there are no rules left, why do we still keep pretending there are rules? Well, honestly, it's because most conservatives and definitely Christians like to live in the idea that we are an ordered community, an ordered creation, and there are rules of operation. Whether we would be in a completely open society, there would still be rules, maybe not as many rulers. And in a totalitarian society, which we're kind of drifting closer to, there are more rules and rulers than you can shake a stick at. So now that we've acknowledged that the Constitution's been kicked aside, let's quit pretending that it's going to make a difference. Let's quit pretending that it is going to stop anything because it clearly isn't working. Now, whether that's by design or by fault, I don't know. And there are other people that are far smarter than I am and have spent far much more time. Wow, that's a really poor sentence. Well, let's put it this way. There are guys that have spent, and ladies, geez, wow. There are people (laughs) that have invested a lot more time, energy, and expertise in their studies of this topic than I have or will. But I, I want to just explore the base concept. The underlying issue is we as conservatives, we as Christians, we as constitutionalists, we have to come to grips that nobody really cares anymore. They no longer see themselves bound by anything. They literally make stuff up as they go along. And sadly, there's really no recourse. I mean, the Ten Commandments, which we say our laws are based off of, right? Then there's the argument, first tablet, second tablet. Uh, We're just going to start with thou shalt not steal, right? You shouldn't go take other people's stuff. So we have laws against theft, But if you have a DA, they can just decide, well, we're not going to prosecute for this because it's not worth the time and effort. Well, what do you think that breeds? More lawlessness, more problems. And then when you try and deal with it, well, you're the bad guy. So let me ask you, the rules state you shouldn't steal from somebody, yet people show up and steal things. Now, if it's your house, your business, your livelihood, uh, you have a vested interest in people not robbing you blind. But if you stop them, if you interfere, you're the criminal. You're the one that's going to be prosecuted. You're the <laughs> the enemy. Now, you got to ask yourself, why did the local police go along with this? I mean, I'm going to assume your average police officer is not a fan of the idea that you can go steal stuff from other people and not have a consequence. Now, I'm not suggesting that they should get the wood shampoo and be locked up for two years because they stole $750 worth of items, or I'm sorry, $749 worth of items. But what I am suggesting is they should be arrested. They should be inconvenienced. They should be punished. And honestly, in a perfect world, 
with biblical justice, there would be restitution. The problem is the people that are stealing don't have any way to provide that restitution. I mean, you could potentially make them work it off, but that would require that people have marketable skills and are willing to put in the effort and have a work ethic, which unfortunately for at least two generations, our country doesn't seem interested in doing that or imbuing that on our children or grandchildren. Now, you could say that there are a whole lot of new immigrants, particularly from Asia, maybe even parts of uh, South America or Africa, that come here with a work ethic and work their tails off and, quite frankly, outperform the natural-born citizens here. I often have thought that that's not... Or I should say, I have often thought if that was not by design, right? If if that wasn't done on purpose to demoralize, to wear out, to ruin people, to create a culture of dependency. You see, the new folks that come here, they displace the people that were already working. Maybe they were, you know, old. Maybe they were burned out. Maybe they... Uh, We're just looking for a better option. So you bring in a whole bunch of other people that are willing to work for cheaper, but have approximately the same skills and they've worked their tails off. So they're quite accomplished. So they dismiss you. They remove you. I mean, think about it. What average American born person wants to get into debt quarter million dollars to become a doctor, realizing that you'll probably never be able to pay it off at this point. You're going to be a wage slave. And worse yet, almost all the hospital organizations are owned by organizations that have an interest in a profit, even if they're a nonprofit. And they're not interested in rewarding their doctors for their good work. They're interested in turning numbers. And again, I get it. There's this whole thing about efficiency, right? You look at the history of HCA, it spells it out. And you can't hate on them because they did do some things quite well. They upended the entire system, but that was only permissible and allowable based upon government overreach and interaction. If there was no Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and oh, um, what is it? <sighs> the the uh, governmental uh, Medicare, uh, not Medicare. Oh, We're going to move on. I'll think of it later. If, but if there wasn't government interference and if there wasn't government setting wages and paybacks and allowances for certain things, they wouldn't have been able to use the system. There'd be no profit incentive there for them to get involved in to create this situation, right? It, it's, it should be not lost that when you created... The idea of an HMO, there you go, health maintenance organization, or even a PPO, those are government rules and entities that were created to set up what they're willing to pay, how they're going to pay. So, of course, the businesses and even the not-for-profit hospitals, they change the way they do business to accommodate how can they get the most amount of money. And I can assure you, the doctors didn't see most of it. But that's nothing unique. I mean, if you just look, explain to me, how is it that the federal government dictates how and why an automobile is built? Not only how is it built, what features must it have? What mileage must it obtain? 
How big is the engine? What is the displacement? Where are the seats? How does it have seatbelts, airbags? How many? Where are they located? All this stuff was more or less mandated by federal fiat. Now, look, I'm not suggesting that we're better off going back to Model T's. But I am suggesting to you, if you wonder why it costs so much money to purchase an automobile now than what it would have cost in 1971, you need not look any further than that. Now, granted, pretty much any vehicle built in 2021 is light years better than the vehicles built in 1971. But let me also assure you one other thing. Most of that would have happened naturally, and it may have even been accelerated and better because of the competition that would have naturally existed had not government stuck their nose into it. But again, in both of these instances, both of these scenarios, right, illustrations, the government had zero authority, zero constitutional authority to insert themselves in either one of these realms. Yet they did. We tolerate it. We accepted it. And what do we get for it? A lot more expensive car, a lot more expensive um, access to going to see a doctor or any kind of healthcare need. Now, I will tell you, there are a whole lot of other things that are far worse and more involved than these. These were two things off the top of my head. Now, also consider the Constitution was written to prevent these things from happening. So let me ask you, how did they happen and why do they still exist? Well, I'll tell you. Because we didn't do anything about it and the courts just turned a blind eye to the fact that <laughs> there was zero authorization for this to exist. Again, buttressing the claim that we live in a post-constitutional America. Now, if you look at the first 10 amendments, right, commonly referred to as the Bill of Rights, let me ask you, which of those still exists in any meaningful way? We know the First Amendment has been beat up, <laughs> kicked to the side. I mean, we still have nominal, quote unquote, free speech. We still, uh, we're not being persecuted for belonging to certain faiths. Mm, not really. Uh, we we can still redress our grievances. We can still petition. Uh, we can sometimes gather, but all of these are greatly restricted, right? And as for the freedom of the press, well... Yeah, the press is controlled by the CIA or the FBI or somebody because there ain't nothing free there anymore. You look at the Second Amendment, right? Oh, (laughs) there shall not be infringed. We can't get past that term, shall not be infringed. But for some reason, oh, there are so many things that you must keep in mind. And look, I'll be honest with you. The states do have that authority, but the federal government does not. Zero, nada. Okay, now the third the third amendment here, talking about soldiers uh, not being quartered without consent of the owner. Well, um, I wonder. I wonder. There aren't really soldiers being put in other people's houses. But what's the difference if you if you can't put a, sh- a soldier there? Why are you able to put homeless people there? Why are you able to put um, illegal immigrants there? Why are you able to put anybody in somebody's private property and basically make them accept it? Now, oh yes, you're paying, you're giving them a little something, something for doing it, but yeah, you didn't consent. All right. uh, Amendment four, (laughs) the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Well, yeah, that's a joke. I mean, 
<laughs> do you think the government pays any attention to any of that? Now, you might get before a judge and you might get a jury trial where it might save your butt. But yeah, that doesn't even slow them down. I mean, look at what they've done to a former president. Not only have they done it to a former president, they're getting away with it. You ought to be concerned because if they can do that to him, what are they going to do to you? Uh, Amendment five. No person should be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on presentment of indictment of grand jury, except in cases of um, arising for land and naval forces or the militia or when actual service of time of war, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, there's the double jeopardy. Well, they ignore that whole cloth. And uh, you can't be compelled to be a witness against yourself unless, of course, they steal your records and use it against you. And you can't be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process. So let me ask you, what about those guys in from January 6th? Seems to me they've been de- denied all that stuff. And there's very little concern, very little um, hmm, very little anything for that. Those guys are basically <laughs> tossed to the wolves. And we tolerate it. We accept it. Now, Amendment uh, 7 here. All criminal criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. Speedy and public trial. <laughs> When's the last time you saw that happen? Unless, of course, they're trying to railroad somebody through. Oh, there's that word again, railroad. Hmm. But they're, they're trying to ramrod somebody into a predicament that they can't defend themselves. Well, then they're all speedy. But other than that, the process is the punishment. It doesn't matter whether or not they convict you. They destroy you before you even get the trial. Yet we tolerate this. We accept this. We believe it's normal. Um, yeah, I didn't sign on to any of this. How about you? Now there's Amendment 7. Suits in common law, the value of the controversy shall exceed $20. I imagine uh, for the purpose of this, probably ought to be adjusted to $2,000. But you've got a right to a jury trial. Yeah, that right to a jury trial, that's all fine and dandy until they throw everything, including the kitchen sink at you, and then twist your arm and get your uh, public servant, that's your lawyer, to force you into accepting a plea that you wouldn't otherwise take. I mean, what kind of person pleads out to something they didn't do unless they feel threatened, right? You're under duress and they force these people to do these things. There is no such thing as a fair trial or speedy. Who are we fooling? I mean, consider this. Do you really think anybody with an R after their name would get a fair trial anywhere in D.C. or Northern Virginia or New York? Yet, coincidentally enough, that's where a whole lot of these trials take place and we lose. Our people lose. Why is that? Because (laughs) there is no unbiased trial there. All right. So we go. Amendment 8. Excessive bail should not be required. Uh, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment. So this is where they went and found an excuse to do away with the death penalty. They said it was cruel and unusual. Yet it was common practice at the adoption of this. And quite frankly, it's a very useful way of dealing with criminals. If you're a pedophile and you get caught red-handed, what trial? Bullet to the head, baby. Oh, is that terrible? Is that mean? Does it offend you? Well, really, what would you do what would you do if you came home and you saw some adult abusing your child in a sexual manner? Seriously, what would you do? I've already told you. And for me, I'd be sitting in jail waiting my trial, but I'm just saying. we got to be honest about this. Yeah, there are other things where maybe 
maybe there are cruel and unusual things. Clearly that happens. I mean, being set in solitary confinement for two years because you went and did a protest that was unauthorized comes to mind. But again, cruel and unusual punishment. Think about this. And worse yet, the people that get away with literally murder are wandering around a good number of them, either formerly elected, formerly appointed and good government gigs. And they get away with literal murder and lots of other things beyond it, including treason, where the penalty for both of those should be an execution. But no, no, no. They get rewarded in nice gigs at CNN, MSNBC, and I guess now Fox News. Hey, who cares, right? Who cares? This is the problem, folks. We don't have a constitution. It's done. It's over. All right, let's go to Amendment 9 real quick. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others when they're retained by the people. Okay, now interestingly enough, I heard the argument that if they were going to redo Roe versus Wade, this is where they would find the right to kill your baby in the womb. Right? But is murder ever okay? Other than self-defense, which isn't murder? Hey, but... I'm just saying uh, the government's been real good about telling us we don't have a right. We don't have a right where the Constitution says the exact opposite. Says the exact opposite that the powers granted to the federal government are limited. Oh, wait, that's Amendment 10. Come right up here. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution or prohibited to it by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or the people. So if the state didn't give you the power, you don't have it. And the state may contain it or it might just go back to the people. So we, the people say enough of this nonsense, you need to go. So interestingly enough, we have now shown (laughs) with basic observation that the entirety of the Bill of Rights, our protections has been made useless, pointless non-existent and we're supposed to believe we still have a constitution that protects us how is that what government protections (laughs) the government's supposed to do just a few things and they do everything and they control everything and we're supposed to be okay with it we're supposed to pretend it's good and it's normal i'm here to tell you that ain't the case the constitution has ceased to (laughs) fulfill its purpose its promise so when those folks that are on our team, nominally, that always defer to the Constitution, believe it's like some magic uh, I totem there, right? It's going to solve everything if we just get them to follow the Constitution. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's fine. But you have to get leaders that are willing to do that. We, we have to get leaders that are humble enough to recognize that they are not the law. They're not the king. They don't do that because they don't fear us. They have no fear of the recourse. Case in point, Hunter Biden's floating around. Hillary Clinton's floating around. Bill Clinton's floating around. Joe Biden's still the stupid president. Or president that's stupid. I don't know. Look at it either way. There are so many crooks and criminals in D.C. and in state capitals that ought to be locked up or at the very least kicked out, sent somewhere else, that they're criminals. We all know it, but because their constitution doesn't function there is two or three or four versions of justice 
they get to stick around and still make the rules and dictate the terms of how they're going to do things. And we, the people, get stuck with the bill. We, the people, (laughs) we're saddled with trillions and trillions of dollars worth of debt going all the way back to, quite frankly, post-World War II. They paid off most of the debt after World War II. Not all of it, not everything. But where we're at now, what do we get out of it? Well, we got a space race, right? We got some uh, nice network of highways that, by the way, need to be worked on. And uh, we got to pay a bunch of old people to be retired that aren't retired, but are getting a pension anyway. But again, don't be bitter. (laughs) That was their gig and they got it. So where are we at today? Real simply, Gen X, wake up. There's nothing left to salvage. The government is gone. The country is in shambles. You can blame us. You can blame the generations that precede us. But at the end of the day, we are the last line of defense. We are the only ones that can push back and make something of this. I mean, millennials are basically helpless. Hmm? The Zoomers, they're better, but they're still kids. And then Gen Alpha, well, we'll, we got to wait and see what we got to get out of them. We have to lead the way. We have to be willing to say enough is enough. This doesn't work anymore. We need to quit pretending. There is no constitution to protect us. The government hates us. The federal government wants nothing of us. And the most ironic thing is, is whenever I talk pro-Texit, I'm the one that's accused of being a seditionist. I'm the one that's con- uh, accused of being a, tracer, a traitor. Excuse me. How does that work? I took an oath. That oath said, I will protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, the problem is, is the Constitution really is not there anymore. But it's clear that those domestic enemies have captured the operation. They're using the Constitution against us when it's convenient, ignoring it when it's convenient, and quite frankly, don't give a rip about anything that we do and we say. I want to remind everybody that as long as the bread and circuses keep going, they'll get away with it. But my brothers and sisters in Gen X, open your eyes. Pay attention. It can't go on forever. They're done spending our money. They're done spending the millennials' money. They're almost done with the Zoomers' money. There's nothing left. There's a shell of a government that seems to dictate the terms of our existence merely because they have a bunch of guys with guns. (laughs) Well, many of those guys with guns aren't even guys anymore. Or if they are guys, they're not sure whether or not they're guys. And quite frankly, I don't know that they're most of them are capable of doing the job that they were originally hired to do. So you'll excuse me if I'm not going to lose sleep over that, but I don't want to come to that. I don't want to ever see a civil war. What I do want is to reassert the idea of popular sovereignty. What I do want is for us to acknowledge the conversation or the constitution has failed to work. The previous constitution did give us a way out and we need to take it. We need to tell the feds to pound sand and we need to figure out how we can make Texas work. Hey, and I wish you the best out in California, New York. Good luck to you as well. You intermountain states, help us lead the way. We can do this. We don't need the constitution at this point. We have our state constitutions. That should be adequate. Now, after all the dust settles, if we want to 
go and retool the original constitution and try and buy ourselves another couple hundred years of peace? Fine. But we got to hold the people accountable. They took an oath, right? To obey and follow the constitution. When they break their oath, what's their penalty? Hmm? What's your penalty? These guys, they retire from government service after abusing the system and robbing us blind. They get a nice fat pension and there's no consequence. Consider the fact that Anthony Fauci has probably made more money in the last five years than most of you will make in an entire lifetime. And he condemned millions of people to death and he's still wandering around a free man. How does that work? Only in post-constitutional America, baby. This may become a recurring theme. It's quite interesting. And it's funny. And it's funny, not in the sense of haha, but as in, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. This is just where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. We need to wake up. I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. We're at war. The other side knows it, but apparently we haven't figured it out. We need to start acting like we're at war. Put ourselves on a war footing. Be prepared to have people coming after you. Now, I'm going to encourage you to stay on defense only. I'm going to encourage you to not do anything stupid or foolish. I'm going to encourage you to not take (laughs) kinetic action yet. I'm going to encourage you to do the right thing and be steadfast. But if you're not watching your back and if you don't have friends watching your back, you're going to be in trouble. Hey, man, that includes me, too. I only got two eyes and I only got a few people that watch my back. But guess what? We can do this together. We must hang together or surely we will hang separately. With that, this has been According to Kells, and I will see you on the other side.